This is Sava Dukic, number five from the men's basketball team, and you're listening to Inside the Hive. Hello and welcome to Inside the Hive, all things Black Hill State University Athletics. I'm Colton Nicholson, and I'll be joining you for this broadcast. First up, we have an interview with Coach Conniff. Coach, how you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Great. So uh, first, we're going to talk about uh, the last game of the season, Metro. Unfortunately, fell uh, to that one by one goal, which uh, is a bummer to end the season on. But at the same time, you look at the records in the past. Um, and this season, actually, in a total, was pretty great. Can you talk a little bit about the season and kind of recap not only last game, but this uh, last season? Definitely. Metro is a team like they're incredibly talented and on the season they had a lot of close games and the way they play is they're very possession dominant like they'll connect 15 or 20 passes before trying to go to goal and as a result they don't always create as many scoring opportunities as maybe a more direct team would but they have more control in games than almost any team in the conference does and it showed in their first round of the armac tournament Metro lost to UCCS 1-0, and they actually outshot them, and UCCS is nationally ranked. So Metro, they finished, I believe, seventh in the conference, but are an incredibly talented team. So for us to go there and you know, keep it tight, it was 0-0 at halftime. We lost 1-0 in the second half. The, not the outcome we wanted, but everything about the game went as exactly as we scripted. We knew that they'd have more of the ball than us. And we talked about creating an opportunity on a counterattack or a fast break uh, or on a set piece. And in the first half, we had two really good counters that created clean looks at goal. We didn't convert either, but they're the exact chances that we had talked about creating. Then in the second half, we probably defended more than they were really sharp in that half, just crisp passing. They were playing at a really high pace. But we still had our opportunity at a set piece late in the game. Uh, we took the free kick and we didn't take it particularly well. But on the whole of the game, to go talk about what a team's going to look like and then for us to go and do everything we needed to do to get the result, it's a real positive. And we played that game without a couple of our players due to injury as well, which that's a time of year a lot of teams are dealing with that. But yeah, I was really pr- proud of our performance in that one. And on the season, we did well too. I learned a lot. I came in and not knowing the team, not knowing the players, and really not being that familiar with women's college soccer, immediately just tried to give us structure, and simple structure that would keep us tight in games. And I thought it would create more opportunities than it did. And I think that's where, on a whole of the season, we probably struggled to create clear-cut scoring chances. But we had the best defensive record in program history, and that includes uh, our highest minutes player was, uh, she's a sophomore, but a freshman in terms of her eligibility and Allie Brown. We had a true freshman at goalkeeper. Uh, you know, overall, a fairly young back line. And so for us to have the best defensive record with an inexperienced group, I think, is a real testament to how these players responded to everything I was saying. Uh, so next steps for us are you know, try and create some more scoring chances. And I think I learned plenty this year in terms of what's going to work for us and what our personnel are capable of. So there might be some system changes or some formation changes, but we're definitely learning and improving. You know, we talked a a little bit about in an interview with Coach Bresky 
about the process. There's a process to this. I mean, you're building something and it's not going to be, you know, one year and all of a sudden you're winning championships. It's you're going through and you're building on top of the foundation you're laying this year, this season. So how are you going to uh, build on top of that foundation that you've laid this season? And how do you keep players motivated? Uh, not only your uh, juniors and seniors that are playing, but also uh, keeping your freshmen and your sophomores eye on the goal, eye on you know where the team's going to be in four years, five years, six years. Yeah, that's something we're working on and I'm working on is kind of setting those process goals. You know, not every goal is an outcome. A lot of them are, can we just do the right things? And I think looking at our team and seeing our fitness levels as we came in the fall, I don't know how many of these players have put in a real 12 months of work to prepare for a season. So right now we're talking, we're starting to talk about the 2022 season. And for me, I view seasons in calendar years, not academic years. So once we get into 22, that's all preparation for the fall of 2022. So for us, it's can we have a positive January, February, March getting fit? Can we use our March, April, spring season to get some game time and some real minutes for players who maybe haven't had a lot yet? And then in the summer, it's can you guys follow a plan, a fitness plan, a workout plan? Can we get you playing in competitive summer leagues or can we get you staying here and using our facilities and our equipment? So our next step is not even, for me, it's not looking years ahead. It's just looking at the players that we have. Can we change some things about your approach and your year-round commitment? And hopefully, I think everything Coach Breschke or I would talk about is getting results on the field, right? Everything is part of that process. So for us, it's just putting a full year together and making sure that we view ourselves as competitive athletes over 12 months and not just over the three-month season. Right, absolutely. You're talking about that structure that you brought in when you first came in, and that's part of the structure is getting them to think in terms of 12 months instead of three months. Yeah, and there is time off right now from the end of our season on November 3rd until they come back in January, I believe it's January 10th is the Monday. This is their time off. So if we can get 10 months out of them, that'd be great. So this is a time I think it's important for them to focus more on school or focus more on family or pick up a job, whatever they need to do. I'm not saying that they aren't doing any sort of athletic work. I think I've seen a lot of our players coming into the gym. I saw one of our players grab a bag of balls and head up to the field today. So they're still putting in work, but this is a time where if you want to do things or you know you need to do things, go ahead and take care of them. But we do build in a little bit of time off because they are division two athletes and they deserve some life balance or some academic balance. Right. And I mean, the biggest uh, part of having student athletes is a student aspect is making sure that you know, they are successful in the classroom because in the end, this is what they're here to do is get an education. And so uh, focusing on that as well and giving them that time off to focus on that is a big part of an academic and athletic program. So, no, that's great that you're giving them time off and great that uh, you're trying to instill in them that, yes, it's more than just that three months of playing. It's that, you know, 12 months Think of the year, yes, those two months off, but um, 
you know, just taking that time to, you know, help yourself get to your family, but also think about the season in a different light. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm sure none of them had any idea what this fall would look like based on their last spring. And something that we've talked about with the players due to 2020 essentially being an off year, we have a group of freshmen, now sophomores, who this was really their first college season. Yes, they played a spring schedule, but that was very non-traditional. It was with an interim coach. So this was really our sophomores' freshman year. And you look at our juniors, and when they were freshmen, they were a part of a, a team here that did reasonably well. And then they had that year off. So how many of those juniors really played as freshmen? You know, there's a yeah, there's a relative youth to us, and it's not just about what they're doing on the field. It's just being a college athlete. And even I, one of our freshmen was in talking to me today, and she said so much is different. And she was a good high school player, a good club player, and it's not just the speed of the game. It's just the structure of the schedule. It's the demand and it feels like more of a grind when you're in it and then it's just it's done and now there's that a weirdness to i think a lot of their lives of oh we weren't ready for it to be done we were tired while it was happening but we weren't ready for it to be over so hopefully that's something they can grow on and then when we have new players in the program next year they can share that experience of yeah give extra now or stay focused now because we will have a lot of time off we won't play a game for a long time yeah yeah that makes sense and you know having those upperclassmen to look up to i'm sure is very important when you come in as a freshman student athlete and yeah that structure that foundation everything we've talked about is really up to the upperclassmen to kind of help you communicate with the freshmen to uh respect that yes they're give your all give more than you think that you gave in the past because this is college athletics and it's different like you were talking about with club sports and high school playing, like it's different. There's a weirdness, yeah. like, like you said. So, yeah. no, thank you for taking the time, Coach. And uh, we, you know, hope to see you guys around during the spring season and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, I think you can generally catch us at football, volleyball, and basketball games. I think a lot of our players are pretty supportive. And I know a couple consistently work out of the football game. So if anyone's at the end zone tent, uh, come by and say hi. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Coach. Uh, stick around. We have more Inside the Hive coming up next. Your loved ones deserve the utmost comfort when visiting Spearfish. If you're looking for the perfect place to get the family together, the Spearfish Holiday Inn and Convention Center has the most updated and comfortable rooms in town. Make your reservations today at the Spearfish Holiday Inn and Convention Center. Hello and welcome back to Inside the Hive. Right now, I am with head triathlon coach, Connie Feist. Connie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Colton. Thank you. Fantastic. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about going to regionals and how that was, the experience, since we didn't get to talk to you last week? Yeah, so we actually raced in two separate uh, national qualifying races or, or regionals. Um, one was in Virginia and one was just two weeks ago in St. George, Utah. Um, we brought uh, different athletes to the different races and both uh, were, were really, really good. Uh, we came out of them qualifying our whole team to go to nationals uh, or as many as we can bring as a team, which is seven. And so we're heading tomorrow morning to Tempe and gonna be competing in our national championships on Saturday. 
Tempe, Arizona. Um, I think our golf team heads down to Arizona this year. I could be wrong on that, but that's uh, that's pretty amazing to head down somewhere where it's you know nice and warm and right. you know, not too terrible. It hasn't been terrible up here, but um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the courses you've been on this year um, that may have prepared you for Tempe, Arizona? Yep, absolutely. So uh, the two national qualifying races, like I said, one was in Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia, um, really a beautiful setting and uh, gorgeous water. We, it was wetsuit uh, legal, so we, we swam in wetsuits there. Um, high level of competition, and it was just a two-loop bike course, and so um, not quite as technical um, as the one in St. George, Utah, which we did two weeks later, but we had a, a really good performances there, and some of our uh, first-year athletes got a taste of NCAA triathlon, and they did great. And then in St. George, we ended up on a very, very technical bike course, uh, three-loop course. And a couple of the, the first-year athletes also went to that race, um, got really a way to test their bike handling skills. Um, they did very, very well there. And uh, we have three first-year athletes, all three made it to the national championships. So it was really exciting to see those girls excel in their first year. Fantastic. Oh, wow. That is great. Yeah. So um, with triathlon technically not being an NCAA sport as of the moment, it is an emerging sport. Can you tell listeners kind of what that means as far as the sport and what the possibilities are going Absolutely. forward? Absolutely. Yep. So uh, it's considered an emerging sport. Uh, in 2014 is when the triathlon movement came to the university campuses, and they gave them a 10-year window to get 40, minimum of 40 schools that have triathlon as a varsity women's sport. Uh, currently, there are 37 schools, and that's across all three divisions, one, two, and three. Uh, Division two, which is what we are, as you know, has the most number of teams. There's 15 Division two teams. Um, and so certainly by 2024, that 10-year window, we should reach that 40 or more teams. And what that means is then it will become a championship sport through the NCAA, just like any of the other sports, you know, women's basketball, volleyball, soccer, all of that. Um, but until that time, we're considered an emerging sport. And what that really only means is that the NCAA is not footing the bill for the national championships. And so uh, through the sponsorship of Black Hills State, we're able to bring our team there and compete at, on a national level with all the other D2 teams. That is fantastic. And as many times as we can say that we've had national qualifiers here at Black Hill State, it's good for everyone. That's for sure. Right. Um, so going down to Tempe, Arizona, uh, what are some of the training aspects that you have to look at? What are some of the things you have to keep in mind when going to a place like Tempe? Yeah, it's a really good question. So although we've really lucked out this uh, fall with our training, there's only been two instances that I can remember that we've had to come inside for either cycling or, or running workouts. However, with it being a hotter climate in Tempe, you know, we're not able to replicate the 85 degree race day temperature um, that, that we're going to be uh, racing in. So a lot of times we'll set our bike trainers up on the pool deck and we'll do a workout there just so that we can have the heat and humidity. Now Tempe, Tempe is not so humid, but I mean that heat is a factor for us. And then we just have to consider being as hydrated as we can, make sure we have the electrolytes on board that we need. And um, yeah, so I think we're gonna race really, really well there. Our team is peaking exactly 
how we want them to at exactly the right moment, and they're all fired up and really excited to go race. That is fantastic. Well, thank you, Coach, and we wish you the best of luck down at Nationals, and we'll be cheering you on from here. We'll be completely jealous that you get to spend it in 85-degree <laughs> weather. Um, but we'll definitely talk to you when you get back and uh, hopefully celebrate a big success. Great. Thanks, Colton. I appreciate it. Thank you, and stick around for more Inside the Hive. Your vehicle is the lifeline to work and play. Finding your next upgrade can be complicated and expensive. You shouldn't settle for a vehicle at a random sales lot. Choose a dealer who guides you to a better decision. For over 90 years, the people at Junix and Spearfish have helped countless people like you make better vehicle decisions. Click on the link to see what's available, then schedule a test drive to see what's possible with Junix Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram on West Jackson in Spearfish. All right, welcome back to Inside the Hive. Right now I'm joined with Coach Bresky. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Looking forward to playing Shattern this weekend. You know, everyone's very ready to watch it. Uh, of course, you know, you mentioned Shattern. Today, or uh, this weekend is your senior day. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the seniors and some of the leadership that you've seen over the years? Absolutely. Um, I'm really excited to give these guys a good experience on their last day out at Lyle Hare. I'm really glad that we're finishing at home. I think that's really nice. Um, you know, we've got a lot of talents in this senior class that's grown to about 17 now. Um, started off originally with about eight athletes, but um, we kind of saw the storm coming a little bit with COVID um, and getting that year of eligibility back. We have a lot of our juniors who will be graduating this December or this coming May. They need to student teach next fall. And so we have a lot of guys who are moving on with life at this point. Uh, but the positive thing there is they're all going to graduate. And so I'm really excited to see all now 17 of my seniors have plans for graduation. Uh, a lot of those guys have plans to get engaged to their girlfriends. And so it's cool to see them moving on with life. And, you know, we're going to miss those guys going forward. You know, it's kind of cool to see that you're talking about the student athletes that are planning to get engaged. They have career goals. I mean, to see them from, you know, if you could see them their freshman year, you know, coming fresh out of high school, maybe not knowing exactly what they want to do and then see them now to where they're finishing up and they're ready to go into the career field and something they love to do or, you know, getting engaged. That's that's just cool to see, in my opinion. I mean, it, I was able to, to really see is. some of the students come back and, uh, you know, see where their life has taken them. That's it's always fun to see that. It is. But, and that's that's part of the process for us, too, is. It's not just about winning ball games. It's really, like I've told you before, Colton, that winning ball games is a byproduct of the way that we do things, um, you know, and, and the way that we try to perfect our process every week. But we define our purpose. You know, I have my players define what's your purpose here. Um, as coaches, what's our purpose here? What's our, what's our organizational purpose? And very simply, our organizational purpose, why do we exist, is to build better men. And so, I think that's a testament to what we're doing here when I see guys who are excited about entering the career field and making uh, wives out of their girlfriends and want to move on with their life and uh, have gotten to this point where they're ready to graduate and do their thing. It's, it's great. I just, you know, um, I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm really honored to be a part of it with these 17 seniors. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're excited to see them this weekend and recognize them uh, during the Shattering game. But unfortunately, you knew that this interview wouldn't just be about the Shattering game. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, a lot of people look at this past year, uh, starting off strong was great, absolutely. Um, now we're on a five-game losing streak, unfortunately. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's a process. Um, it's not just wins and losses at this point. It's, okay, are we getting better? Are we going to continue to get better? What are we doing over the summer to get better? Um, can you touch a little bit on the process of getting better? Absolutely. Um, you know, the very first time that I meet with my team every single year, we sit down and we talk about what's important to us. And there's three big pillars in our organization. Um, it's mindset, number one. We're trying to instill a winning mindset within each one of our players on a micro level. Um, number two is process, you know, uh, the actionable things, the Sunday through Friday, as we call it. And then number three is together, just making sure uh, that we continue to come together as a football team, um, that we continue to sacrifice for one another and be humble for one another. But um, the process is the number one thing. And, you know, I developed a, a graphic for my guys, to, a visual aid, if you will. That's basically, it's a, it's a, a picture of a long highway uh, in the middle of a desert that's going as far as the eye can see over the horizon. And the picture um, represents our journey towards a conference title. And that's my goal here. That's my number one goal um, is eventually I want to put a, a conference title um, here at Black Hill State. I want to put rings on our guys' fingers. And so I know that's going to be a long journey. Um, there's going to be waypoints along that road. First, we have to have a winning season. Then we have to make it to nine wins. And then we have to make it into playoffs. And then we have to win our first playoff game. Uh, there's going to be some of those key markers along that journey. And, you know, I put that image in front of our guys at the beginning of the season. And I think what's hard is trying to convince um, and get your seniors and your juniors to believe that what they're doing is important. They might not see the fruit of their labor. Um, you know, there's a great quote, you need to plant trees that you'll never stand in the shade of. You know, I love that quote. Um, you know, it's, it's about stewardship. It's about legacy. And I think our guys understand that for the most part. Um, I do think we got a little false sense of entitlement, you know, as we started out the season four and one. And uh, we were even taking um, not joy necessarily, but a little comfort in the fact that we played close with CSU Pueblo. Um, and I felt, I felt victim to that as well. Um, I fell victim to after starting four and one, saying to ourselves, "Well, uh, we might get to seven, eight, nine wins this season." And um, you know, realistically, for where we took over this program back in January of 20, um, it's going to be a couple more years. And you know, that's not easy to stand in front of your team and say. It's not easy to stand in front of your freshman class and say. Um, but it is part of the process. It's, it's a long journey. It's a long highway. It's not walking across the street. It's going to take a lot of consistency over time in our process, in those actionable items. So, Absolutely. And you were talking about you know, telling your juniors and seniors that they won't see the fruit of their labor. Um, in my opinion, I think they will, especially if they come back you know, for our alumni game, um, you know, just coming for uh, – our homecoming game, anything like that, they're going to see the fruits of their labor when mm -hmm. they're able to look back at their uh, home school and realize, oh, man, they just Absolutely. won a conference title. And they get to say that they were a part of the building block that that conference title rests upon, Absolutely. which is fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it is going to be a process. 
And uh, speaking of that process, how's the process going for planning for Shadron? I think the process is going good. You know, you look at their record, they're 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Right now we're 4-6, and six, so we have the opportunity to finish with a similar record if we uh, can be victorious this weekend. Um, I think in a lot of ways we match up very well with Shadron. Um, I don't know if I could say that uh, for last week versus Mesa. You know, a very talented team, uh, very balanced, more balanced than they were the previous season. Um, I think that we are we're a far better matchup for our Shadron team. Um, and we're primed for a victory. Uh, the big thing this week that we've been telling our guys is, is just bring energy, you know. Um, losing's one thing, but losing and not, not having fun, you know, not going out there and playing with a ton of passion and zeal, um, that sucks. You know, I'd rather go out and lose, um, you know, by letting it all hang out and having a really good time and just being passionate and um, being full of enthusiasm and energy so that's our number one goal, and uh, you know the challenge is, after you lose five games in a row, where do you dig that up from? And you know it's it's either in you or it's not. And I kind of challenged our guys. I said, if it's not in you, I just need you to fake it. Honestly, just fake it. Fake it for my sake. Fake it for the guys around you, because unfortunately, poor energy spreads far faster than than positive energy. So um, yeah, we took a megaphone out to practice last night and. Uh, we did some corny stuff at the end of practice just to try to bring the energy up and I think our guys our guys are easily uh, easily persuaded into things like that they they love having fun at practice and um, you know I think that energy is is so important for for going about your Monday through Friday Um, so I'm excited I'm excited and I think we're gonna have a new renewed energy this week and you know there's there hasn't been a game that we stepped into this season Colton where our guys didn't think they could win and I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that. Um, you know, really what it's coming down to at this point is we're running out of people. Um, and our execution has been extremely sporadic. Um, even from week to week, it's been sporadic. And so when you don't have that consistency and we feel like we're still, you know, uh, a handful of players short on both sides of the ball and able to compete in this conference, um, you know, you have the potential to maybe go on a five-game lose streak. But um, our goal at the beginning of the season was to win six games. That's out of the question now. So let's readjust the goal and let's win five games this season. You know, I think that would be still a step in the right direction to finish the season five and six. Absolutely, Coach. And we're excited to see you this weekend. Again, uh, they're playing Shadron on Saturday right before the volleyball game against Shadron. So it's a doubleheader against Shadron. Um, kickoff is at 1 p.m. Uh, we hope to see you there. This is Inside the Hive. We'll be right back. While you're visiting Spearfish, stop into Lucky's 13 for half-price drinks and appetizers every weekday from 4.30 to 6. Need an exciting venue to host your next event? Look no further than our party room. Unwind at Lucky's 13 just off exit 14 in Spearfish. Welcome back to Inside the Hive. Right now I'm with Coach Thompson, head men's basketball coach. Coach, you start this weekend. Um, what are you most excited about about starting the season? Well, just to get out and compete against some other teams. You know, we've had a really good off season that started last spring. Uh, a lot of guys back. Uh, had a good summer with, with most of our returners being here over the summer. And then, you know, that fall is a, is a long time of playing against each other. So excited to just go out and put on our uniforms and play in front of fans again and, um, you know, get back to competing against other teams. And then, you know, with last year with the COVID situation, it's, um, you know, just looking forward to, to things being a little bit, a little bit back to normal with 
uh, people in the gym and, and uh, playing basketball like, like we're used to. Absolutely. You know, getting back in front of that crowd and getting that excitement in the air again. Uh, there was nothing more silent than playing a game without any fans. That was the most ridiculous part about last year, I felt. And uh, now that we're back, we're in front of fans, we're able to, uh, you know, have that experience again. I'm sure that the student athletes are very excited about that. Um, what are the things you're uh, hopefully concentrating on this year as far as uh, maybe <clears throat> how you get the student athletes to uh connect with each other how you get that team play going uh, yeah just emphasizing it you know um, we, we've had three scrimmages here um, the, the last couple weeks our first one uh, we, we didn't do a great job just playing together sharing the ball I thought we our shot selection was average and so just you know talking through that showing a lot of film um, to guys individually and as a group and, and using statistics and analytics you know to benefit us through you know showing um, I think in that first scrimmage, like we averaged two and a half passes of possession that we missed a shot on, and then possessions where we made a shot, it was closer to four passes of possession. And um, that really carried over this following, this past weekend, we had two more scrimmages, we played significantly better on the offensive end, and, and uh, had great ball movement, and that's always uh, tried to, we've always tried to have that be a component of our team and our style of play. Um, you know, our f first two years here, I thought we did a better job of that. Last year was a little bit um, not where we wanted in regards to ball movement and just seeing that ball get whipped around and everyone touching it. Um, and so that has been a core value, selflessness of our program. And, and so talking about that off the court and then, um, you know, emphasizing it on the court and, and then uh, having guys that buy into playing together and, and um, you know, not worrying about who scores, just, just getting good shots as a team. Great. So how important is it to get these first couple games under our belt before the conference season starts? Because uh, uh, we go down to play University of Arkansas, Fort Smith this weekend. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about how important these first games are to establish for the conference games? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and we've tried to schedule accordingly, you know, so we're playing five Division II schools. Um, you know, some, some programs go out and play a lot of NAI teams or what have you and try to build confidence. And, and um, with, with our team, you know, we have a lot of guys back. We feel like we got a strong team this year. And, and uh, so the best thing for us is to go play other good Division II schools and, and get a real good gauge at where our team is at early in the season. So, um, you know, it's, it's important for us to, to see where we're at. And then also, um, it has postseason implications. So the more Division II teams we can play within our region, and uh, the more wins we can get within those Division II games will really impact our ability to, to get into the NCAA tournament um, come March. Perfect. Well, Coach, it's been great talking to you. We look forward to talking to you next week about this win, hopefully coming up this weekend. And, uh, you know, good luck this weekend. Uh, that is Coach Thompson here with us on Inside the Hive. Stick around. We have more coming up. Heard through word of mouth that uh, Joe and Karen were looking at retiring and my wife and I looked into it and decided we wanted to do something different. I knew the business would work by visiting with Joe and Karen, looking at things, but I needed a bank. I went and visited with Pioneer Bank and set it up the way we wanted and I mean everything worked. They've been great. The rest is history, here I am. <laughs> Pioneer Bank and Trust is local. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back with Kristen Carmichael. Coach, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Colton? 
Oh, I could be doing better. My voice could, you know, actually function. But yeah. we're going to do the best with what we got. Um, so, Coach, coming off this weekend obviously didn't go your way. But what were some of the positive takeaways from this weekend? Yeah, we, we had some kids step up um, off the bench that I was really pleased to see. Uh, kind of in those hard matches, tough environments to go into, especially late in matches. And I thought... Um, we definitely had some kids step up. Kelsey Rosenstraw, Emma DeSanti did a nice job for us, specifically at Pueblo. Um, Hayden Rhodes had a great night Friday, uh, dug really well. I thought she stayed very disciplined in her positioning on where we want her to start from defensively. Um, yeah, it was it was did not go the way we had hoped, but I was pleased to see some kids step up. Good. It you know, we were talking about you were talking about CSU Pueblo. They were a force to be reckoned with in the RMAC. Um, <clears throat> can you talk a little bit about Friday? I mean, there was you know, hopefully some good takeaways from Friday. But what are some of the things you saw that you could uh, improve upon for this upcoming weekend? Yeah, early on Friday we had a big lead, and I was disappointed to see us you know dwindle that away. But um, then even in set two, I think we ended up losing by two. So it's one of those things where. I want us to keep our leads when we have them, but then those tight matches, it's just not making errors at the wrong time. I thought um, kind of after point 20 is when we started having hitting errors, missed a serve, it's, it's difficult to come back from that late in sets. Um, so definitely working on kind of finishing, for lack of a better term, this week in practice, doing some different things that kind of put some pressure situations on late in game scenarios. Okay. Uh, coming up this weekend, we have our senior night and our parents' night as well. Yeah. Um, what are the things that you are concentrating on uh, as we come up to Colorado Mines and Shadron? Yeah, um, kind of a tale of two cities. Um, Colorado Mines, very gifted, doing really well, hitting extremely well statistically. Um, Shadron, kind of similar to us, struggling to kind of get momentum and get rolling. So it's going to be very different matches on each night. Um, definitely want to <coughs> recognize our parents and all they do to support us and then send the three seniors off with hopefully a win on Saturday um, and get crowd back in here in the Young Center. No kidding. So uh, some of the seniors, can you give us a little bit of detail about each one and just kind of tell us, you know, some of the things that they've done over the years and, uh, <coughs> you know, the positives that they've had on the team, the leadership that's come from the seniors, things like that. Yeah, uh, we have three seniors this year, um, Katie Welniak, Sierra Ward, and Peyton Bodeman. Um, definitely going to miss those three. They've, you know, kind of went through the COVID year and all the craziness. So honestly, any athletes that can overcome that or you know doing a good job for us but um sierra ward local kid went to school in belfouche um she's the second ward to play for us her sister played um gonna miss her gonna miss her statistically the numbers she's capable of putting up but just gonna miss who she is as a human um basically everybody's homework buddy she's <laughs> gifted academically and every teammate takes advantage of that if they can have her help well, I've seen her out here in the lobby just helping yes. every student yeah. athlete that she, she can. She tutors, and she's a great kid, um, a wonderful human. Um, Katie, Katie is hilarious. Um, Katie's actually, I think, going to study abroad this next semester. She's got a Spanish minor, and so she'll always whip out some Spanish for us. Um, but good kid. She's worked really hard, kind of played a bunch of different roles throughout her career, and really settled in nicely this senior season as a DS and done a good job for us. Um, and then Peyton, uh, she's from Colorado. She's a middle and 
Honestly, she's dealt with a ton of injuries throughout her career and then the COVID season that just elongated, you know, how everything went, but um, works hard. I think she uh, really tries to be a leader for us out there. And yeah, all three of them are gonna be dearly missed. Gotcha. Well, thank you for your time, Coach. Uh, good luck this weekend. Again, you play at 7 p.m. on Friday against Colorado Mines and at 5.30 after the football game against Shadron. Yeah, double. So double. We're hopefully yeah. going to have a Nebraska funeral, I think is there what they go. call that. Okay, great. Um, but all kidding aside, we hope the best for you this weekend, and, of course, we're going to miss the seniors. And that's it for this week's episode of Inside the Hive. Be sure to capture some Yellow Jacket action at home. Uh, we host Colorado Mines on Friday for women's volleyball at 7 p.m. Uh, Saturday, we have football at 1 p.m. against Shadron State. And then volleyball that night against Shadron State at 5.30. So be sure to check our schedule, check our social media, and follow everything Yellow Jacket Athletics. This has been Inside the Hive. This has been a Black Hill State University Athletics production. Fear the Sting.